Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Happy Halloween, Craig. Happy Halloween, yeah, bro. Buddy. <laughs> we made it through. <laughs> we did. What, what are your plans for this uh, this Halloween evening? Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> you don't even try anymore what's what's wrong with yeah, you yeah i don't know i i don't do the whole sugar treater thing because my dogs freak out so i'll probably just uh throw on a scary movie and make my partner watch it with me and <laughs> <laughs> a nice romantic halloween at home <laughs> yeah eat a bunch of candy nice. <laughs> maybe maybe we're going to sit in China and pretend that Halloween doesn't exist because ghosts and anything supernatural doesn't exist. Basically, that's that's the official um, motto over here. So uh, we just that deny sounds those things. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find something to do, some way to celebrate. Last year, um, last couple years, actually, we've taken my son out in costume for one event or another. Usually there's a group of expats here throwing together some party. Hopefully we'll be able to attend one or two. And I'm hoping this year to convince my wife that it's okay to do the uh, chestburster alien thing where I can just string him up around my neck and put a hole in my shirt and some blood around it and he can be the alien coming out of my chest. Although he's getting a little heavy uh, for that now. That's the problem. It, it worked out a lot better when he was, would have worked out a lot better when he was a baby. Yeah, I'm going to need to see pictures. <laughs> if I can pull it off. Otherwise, I don't know. It's like some bunny ears because we have those. <laughs> <laughs> a sheet with a couple holes in the. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it used to be a thing in China at one point where a bunch of expats would actually go out, you know, and, and dressed up. And the problem was they'd get on the subway and scare people to death because nobody had ever seen anything like this before. And they pretty much put a ban to any funky costumes or anything on the subway that could scare people. Dang. So that, that ended up, you can't even go from one place to another with a Halloween costume on, basically, if you're going to ride public transportation. But anyway, enough about China. Let's talk about America and Halloween. And we chose, right. I think, um, pretty appropriate uh, movie for this one. It's called All Hallows' Eve. Uh, it came out in 2013. And honestly, it really had not been on my radar, although when I look at the cover art for it, I think that's popped up once or twice in my Netflix queue. Always looked to me like one of these sort of low-budget, straight-to-video productions, which in fact it is. Yeah. Uh, however, it has gained a bit of a cult following and has uh, boosted the career to a certain extent of its writer-director, Damien Leone. Uh, so much so that he's busy at work on other movies. In fact, um, one of the main characters from this film... Uh, spawned uh, a film of its own and then uh, that film is getting a sequel right now that's currently in production so yep. we'll see we may have another horror icon on our hands like jason or freddy maybe yeah so uh all hallows eve i had never seen it before how about you yeah uh, yeah i had i went uh on a working vacation it wasn't working for me but my my mom uh had working vacation to denver and uh, I tagged along because it was in the summer and I have summers off. And Denver was uh, a lovely city. I really enjoyed it. But we shared a hotel room, which I guess some people might think weird. A 40-year-old guy sharing a hotel room with his mom. But, you know, we, it's not like we're in the same bed. <laughs> we had, Calm we down, Craig. You're, you're, you're okay. I think we're fine with this one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she had to work. Uh, every day so she would go to bed pretty early about 10 o'clock and i would stay up and uh 
get on my dad's Amazon account and uh, see what was going on. And uh, this movie popped up. And so I watched it. And uh, it was late at night and it was dark in a quiet hotel room. It made for a pretty good ambiance um, to watch it. And uh, initially, that first time I watched it, I thought it was kind of a pretty freaky. Yeah. Um, so I thought it'd be good for us to look at today. Yeah, it was a great pick, I think, and thank you for picking it. I, I kind of agree with you. I had some nice ambiance for this. I mean, I was sitting in a chair uh, with all the lights on, my son playing on the floor <laughs> just before bedtime, which is not the ideal way to watch a horror movie, but nonetheless, right. uh, this one had a pretty good effect on me, actually. It's been a while since I've seen a movie that has scared me a bit, but I have to admit it didn't start out that way. The movie started out for me as a kind of a groaner, rolling my eyes. Really, am I going to have to sit through this? And um, by the end of it, I was pretty glued to the screen. And yeah, my heart was racing a little bit, you know? Um, that, that's a pretty big accomplishment for somebody like me who watches, and you, right? Who watch these movies day in and day out. Right, yeah. And, you know, going back and watching it again for the podcast... I think that I watched it with a much more critical eye this time. And, and it, it's not a perfect movie. Um, it is low budget and it shows, but there are some good ideas and there's some pretty freaky stuff going on in some of them. Uh, it's an anthology film, I guess we should say. It started out, this Damien Leone guy had made, there are three shorts and a wraparound story uh, in the movie. Two of the shorts had already been filmed and produced uh, and had premiered at some film festivals and had um, even won some awards and things. But uh, I guess the producer of the movie found one of the shorts uh, online. I, I, I think it ended up being the, the final short of the film. It, it was called Terrifier, which is also the name of the standalone movie that this character gets later on. But he saw it online and he liked it and he approached the director and asked him if he would be interested in including his short in an anthology with shorts uh, directed by other directors. And Damien Leone, the director, was very much interested, but he convinced the producer, you know, let me do it all by myself. Let me use all my own shorts. And so he used his two previously shot shorts as the beginning one and the end one and then he created a new one for the middle one and uh put them all together filmed a wraparound and that's what we get you know the three shorts i think have various levels of success i think that uh the first one <laughs> is maybe the most interesting i think the last one is probably the strongest the middle one i I don't know. It's okay, but I don't think it's great. <laughs> you think the first um, one's pretty interesting, huh? I have to say, uh, as I was watching it, well, of course, the low-budget aspect of it shows. It's interesting how he gets around some of this, by the way. I mean, these are three shorts that were filmed within years of each other um, yeah. with by different crew and different directors of photography on different mediums. You know, yeah. I mean, it's clear that the first one was pretty much shot on video. And so the way that he gets around this through the wraparound story is that there's this babysitter and her two kids that she's babysitting, Tia and Timmy, 
um, mm-hmm. who were sitting around at Halloween watching, of course, Night of the Living Dead on TV because yeah. this is the default movie. <laughs> well, it's public domain. You don't have to pay for it. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's the default classic. I mean, according to horror movies that take place on Halloween, everybody is sitting at home watching Night of the Living Dead on Halloween. It's just what we all do. <laughs> because it's free. <laughs> anyway, they're watching that, and um, as uh, little Timmy uh, dumps out his candy, he somebody has dropped a VHS tape in there. And I had to just double-check when this movie was made, because <laughs> I'm like, right? VHS tape, and they know what it is. <laughs> right, and they have a working VCR. Already, like, <laughs> already plugged into the TV and ready to go. Like, all you got to yeah. do is hit power, turn on the tape. You don't even have to switch the inputs on this thing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it just pops up over whatever's showing on TV. So, I don't know. It, it's it's a clearly a 21st uh, century v, uh, VCR. For sure, because mine never worked that way. Uh, Anyway, yeah. (laughs) So they pop this tape in like it's not a tape, like it's nothing, right? And uh, and start watching it. At first, the babysitter, of course, is smart and realistic. And she tells them, we're not just going to put this in. So you guys go into the other room. I'll watch a little bit of it and see if it's appropriate for you guys. After watching the first few minutes, like any good American, she goes, oh, there's no sex and boobs in here, only violence. So it should be okay. <laughs> All right. And the kids come back in and they start watching. And um and so yeah, so w- what we're seeing with these shorts are basically shorts on this tape. Uh and they all have a slight connecting thread through it, which is good, I guess, of this clown character uh that is uh we we find out. I'm not sure if it's ever said in the movie, but apparently, you know, if you read it online, his name is Art. Art the clown. Yeah. His his name gets painted in blood at the very very end on the wall. Okay, because that's the only reference. Yeah, and I I just wanted to say you know about this wraparound like I don't know who these actors are. I the only one I even looked up was the babysitter because she looked slightly familiar, but it ended up that I didn't recognize anything she was from. She had this slight Vin, uh, Jenna Fisher look to her. I think that's where the familiarity yeah, came from. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And it's not that she's a bad actress. I don't think that she's a bad actress. She's just very low key. Yeah, and, a little too low key. Yeah, and and not. I don't want to say flat, but very like even. Like sh- she doesn't have a whole lot of emotional range. I, you know, I don't know what I'm expecting <laughs> out of her. She's just babysitting these kids. Like she's just doing a favor for a friend or whatever. And the kids are, I think effectively obnoxious and annoying. Yeah, like, pretty much <laughs> like most kids. I would have sent them to bed hours before she did. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's like negotiating with them and I'm like, oh, come on. I would just send those kids up to bed. <laughs> but but I also like, you know, the when they pop the tape in, it's not like it's like an anthology film that somebody bought at the store and dropped in the bag. It's like this grainy kind of it, it almost it seems homemade. And I, and I feel like that's kind of what it's supposed to be after watching the first one the babysitter talks to a friend on the phone and she's like i don't know it's like some weird art film short or something and that's kind of what it feels like yeah and the one of the things that i like about it is that they're constantly reminding us 
that they're watching a movie. Yeah. You know, so it, it's not, not like we're we're getting lost in this new world and, and we stay there with each one. Like they're constantly cutting back to the babysitter and the kids watching it just to remind us they're watching this. This is a movie. <laughs> And uh, the director does a lot, especially in the third one, but throughout of making the film grainy and, you know, it like it's an old VHS tape. The kids today won't know what we're talking about, but our favorite VHS tapes, once you had watched them, you know, a dozen times, they started to get really grainy and you had to mess tracking and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. They wore out these shorts have that feel about them too. And and I, I liked that. I thought it was kind of nostalgic and cool. It was also smart for him to cut out to people because it also cut down a little bit of that low budget, you know, feel to it. I mean, again, it gives this excuse for these films to look kind of low rent because it's this weird video. You don't know what you're watching instead of this movie that I just rented from Netflix and am interested in seeing, you know, especially this first one, because this first one, I'm sorry, I thought it was just horrible. (laughs) It starts out with this woman who's just sitting in a bus stop, I guess, or at a subway, I think, station. Subway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's this weird clown that shows up across from her. It just starts kind of playing with her a little bit. Now, he doesn't talk. The clown is more like a mime, really. He's like a mime mm-hmm. with mimish clown makeup, just totally black and white. And what I was, I watched a couple of interviews with the director, and he said, you know, he explicitly wanted to do something with the clown that hadn't been done before. I'm not sure he really did, but at least he gave the clown his own spin. And he wanted to make it as far away from Pennywise as possible. So mm-hmm. instead of, you know, Pennywise is very colorful and has hair, this clown has no hair and is black and white. Pennywise talks up a storm and this clown says oh, nothing. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, in that way, he does give this clown its own uh, character that's very unique, I think, to other clowns we've seen in other horror movies. He's really creepy. Um, the makeup yeah. is just really effective. And it's also interesting, he pops up in all three of the shorts. He he features prominently in the first one and the last one, but he pops up a little bit in uh, the second one. And something that I noticed this time watching it was his character design, because the fir- the ones that he features prominently in the first one and the last one, these were independent shorts that this guy had already made. It's the same clown, but the character design is slightly different. Mm. In the, the first one, in this first one, he looks very much like a man in a clown suit. Yes. I mean, you can you can see, you know, his flesh tone, you know, normal human skin under his mask in this first one. Like you can see his neck and you can see his hands in the last one. It seems like they went more out of their way to make him seem not inhuman, but they hid the more human aspects of him like you don't it. It still could be a guy in a mask, or it could be some kind of supernatural creeper. And I thought that was really interesting. But either way, he's a scary clown. Yeah. I, I, I you know, my partner, I've, I said before in October, he'll watch stuff with me. And he said, All right, so what are we watching this week for your podcast? And I said, I'm not going to make you watch this because. He is scared of clowns. Oh, really? And I, yeah. And I, I pulled up the uh, picture 
of Art the Clown. And I was like, this clown is in it. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I do think that this clown might become kind of a an iconic horror figure uh, in his own right. And I'm cool with it because he's scary. Yeah, I am too. I think um, I think he's got a good look. He's he's full on prosthetic, uh, especially in that third one. Well, definitely yeah. in that third one, and I think in the in the the ones to follow. Actually, apparently the actor changes from these this first oh. movie into the second one, and I saw uh, some clips from the full on movie that, you know that comes after Terrifier, this yeah. Terrifier, and I also saw a whole interview with uh, the director and the guy who plays the new one, and. He's quite good. I mean, the, the actor for the really pulls it off. I mean, I haven't seen Terrifier, but from the clips I saw and from the the interview with this this actor, he just he really clearly gives this guy an edge, and he has an edge in this movie too. He's got just a really sadistic uh, edge. It, there's nothing really funny about him. He's no. It, it, that's the difference, really. Maybe if you're looking for it, a little bit of black humor, but it's just more full on. I just want to dismember you. And I'm smiling yeah, very, while I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, very violent and yeah, yeah. And and to his credit, that was totally intentional. I mean, the 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 director stated for this movie and some other movies that he's done. Uh, he recently did a straight to video version of uh, Frankenstein versus the Mummy that apparently got terrible reviews. But in any case, he said, you know, I'm really not interested in the winking and the nodding to the audience and putting in the humor and stuff like that. He said, I feel like horror movies, the whole point of horror movies is this is a genre that's supposed to up the ante and show you things you haven't seen before uh, and really push boundaries. And so um, I just really want to make my films totally serious. And so uh, that's kind of what he's accomplished here. And sometimes it works in, in this movie and sometimes it seems a little silly and pretentious. Yeah. But, you know, he's that's what he's going for. And that's what he has in this character, I think. And that's the thing that's probably going to set this character apart from other horror clowns is he's not even trying to be winking and funny and and cute at all. No. (laughs) Right, right, right. And this, this first segment was, I I think originally titled the ninth circle. And I think that there are some interesting ideas going on here, but it's kind of all over the place. Like you said, this girl is sitting in the subway station and this clown just shows up and he's freaky looking. She tries to ignore him, but then he starts kind of messing with her. Like he honks a horn at her. And when she just tells him to knock it off, he comes over and sits by her. And then he pulls out a flower, you know, like one of those clown flowers or whatever and hands it to her. And it's almost like she's a little bit, one over but then he's laughing and like you said he is like a mime he doesn't vocalize but he's silently like laughing and pointing at her and she looks down into the flower and there's a big cockroach in it so she throws it on the ground and then he grabs her and injects something into her neck <laughs> uh, oh, hand, I think. <laughs> yeah or what a yeah yeah Okay. <laughs> and she, she, right. I, I mean, it's just, it's very sudden and it's very violent and kind of unexpected. And then she wakes up in what seems like maybe a, a back tunnel of the subway or something. And uh, she's chained up and she's chained up down there with two other women. Uh, and they have to, these two other women have apparently been down there for some time. What's happening to us? This is where he keeps us. There were three of us. 
There was another girl. What happened to her? She was dragged down into that tunnel. They're pulling us down by our chains one at a time. Why are you two just sitting there? Why are you trying to escape? We've tried everything. There's no way out. So one girl gets yanked down the hallway again, and the other two decide, well, heck, we're just going to go down the hallway while we still have slack in our chains and see if we can figure things out. Mm. And they end up um, in this kind of midst of a satanic cult thing. Some, It's just a random botch of special effects. It's practical effects, excuse me. And to be fair, once again, I read what the director uh, had said about this short, and he said... I, this was the first thing I ever made. This was going to be like my calling card as a director. And he's a guy just like, you know, we did uh, Dead Alive a couple of weeks ago, right? With Peter yeah, Jackson yeah. is another one of these guys who got into horror through the um, interest in these, um, you know, makeup effects and, and, and practical effects. So this guy grew up like we did in the same era, watching like the making of Michael Jackson's Thriller. Uh, he had a VHS tape that had like a Tom Savini's screen time or whatever on that. And that showed how Tom Savini did all of his effects. And so he really was interested in the effects side of the movies. And so he decided he was going to throw everything he could into this short to showcase what he's capable of and use that to go around and raise money for his next picture. Which didn't really work. <laughs> and you can kind of see why. Like, the effects, they're really not that great. Uh, they're okay. They're okay. They're I serviceable. Mean, it, We've seen worse, but... Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of masks, and you can tell that they're masks. And, yeah. And um, one freaky person after another pops out and jumps on a girl. One guy jumps out who's just completely deformed from head to toe and starts chopping up the one girl with a cleaver. Uh, and the the other girl's trying to break her chains, and the guy comes after her, and somehow his cleaver cuts her chain, so she's able to be free. And she runs around and just bounces from down the corridor in, from person to person uh, into freaky-looking people who eventually knock her out. It's like a coven of witches, yeah. right? And and but some of them have like bird-like faces. Mm. Like it, it, it's kind of like you know, everything in the kitchen sink. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense now that you're telling me that he wanted to show what he could do because it really looked like he was like, Oh, look at this. Look what I can do. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Look yeah. at this. <laughs> um, eventually you've got like a witchy woman, like stirring a cauldron. Yeah, and, literally. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. And she wit, they, they catch her, I guess. And they have her chained down or held down to a table and she sees these witches cut a fetus out of a pregnant woman. And I couldn't tell if that pregnant woman was supposed to be one of the girls that she'd been with before or a different girl. I, I don't know. Sure. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And uh, so she sees that happen. And then Satan shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought he looked pretty good. I he thought the Satan design was kind of hot actually <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> double entendre there that's great yeah and uh, she gets yeah, raped like, by he, him yeah basically. yeah and, and you don't see that you know you, there it's no. there's not a gratuitous rape scene but it's certainly implied that i guess these witches are capturing women for satan to impregnate in the subway <laughs> yeah. 
I guess it's really not much to explain after this, because at this point, the babysitter, again, like any true American, decides all of this stuff that came before is no problem for you. But uh, the minute some, you know, Satan comes in here and rapes a woman, we're going to have to shut it off. So right, right. Th- she does. She shuts it off. And that's the end of it. And And that's why it is an anthology series, right? Supposedly. But... Even this one and even the second one, it's not really. Uh, it's just part of the same movie, I think, because there's no good ending to this. It's a story that has really no plot and leads nowhere. Usually, and again, I'm not saying everything, it always has to follow this formula, but usually with an anthology series, you get these little self-contained stories that have some kind of twist at the end or some kind of satisfying resolution, you know? Um, yeah. And none of the stories in here have that. In this case, these women, they get taken, and then they get axed up, and one of them gets raped by Satan. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, and so then she sends them up you know, to the upstairs, and they're going to have trouble sleeping, of course, <laughs> after this. And there's a little bit of her getting on the phone and calling people and whatnot, and a little bit of her being a little freaked out by some noises around the house, but somebody's egging the house because it's Halloween and whatever. And the, I, I thought it was a funny joke that like the friend that she's talking to on the phone is like, are you dead yet? It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> sitting on Halloween. <laughs> True, right? <laughs> it's a bad idea all around. We've seen You're too many right. movies. Yeah. And eventually she just she watches a little bit more of Night of the Living Dead, but it, then she gets curious and she puts the tape back on. And again, it's, you know, static and grainy. And then it cuts into the next segment. Even the first time I saw this, the the second segment kind of pissed me off because it, it 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 fell out of place to me. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. What okay, do you so you've got this woman. I think her name is Caroline or something like that. Doesn't matter. She is alone in this new country house that she and her husband or fiance or boyfriend or whatever have just bought. And she's talking on the phone to a friend about how much she loves it. It's so much better than the city. It's so nice and quiet, and there's not an ambulance every minute or whatever. And the friend says, "Oh well, I hope you." John's career is doing well or something. And she's like, Oh yeah, his art career is going great, but I really wish that you would buy his most recent painting because it freaks me out. And it's just this face and he doesn't even remember painting it. He just had this horrible nightmare and he woke up in kind of a trance state and there it was. (laughs) And eventually spoiler alert at the end of the segment, um, it's revealed that it's a portrait of Art the Clown. And that is the only connection that this one has to the other ones. And that just felt cheap to me. Yeah. Like it had uh, no bearing on the story whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just just don't connect it. Like yeah. it's it's stupid. And I and I kind of I don't know. It was all right. You know, what happens yeah, is not really. um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the lights flash and something crashes near their house. And then she starts hearing these weird noises. Eventually it turns out that it's aliens. I don't even know about the alien design. Like I read that he had intended to use puppetry to do it, but then the budget didn't allow for that or something. And so it's just a guy in a suit and it looks like a guy in a suit, 
in fact, it just kind of looks like a guy dressed up like an alien. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't even look that really alien. It's like a costume, like, isn't it? More than a yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Even like the the face is that typical image that you see of aliens. It's kind of like light bulb shaped with the great big eyeball, like the big black eyeballs. Right. Which but is, here, I guess, like a mask it, on him. Yeah. It's it, a mask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like an, like, I, I suppose probably not an oxygen mask because if they breathed oxygen, they wouldn't need a mask, but like they have to some gas, like they're space explorers. Right. Or whatever. And that's it. I mean, it chases her around the house. She talks to her fiance or husband or whatever on the phone her, for a while. Her idiot fiance slash husband, whatever, who will stay on the phone with her for 10 minutes while she's saying, I'm freaked out. I'm freaked out. And he's like, there's well, somebody in the house. There's somebody in the house. <laughs> oh, well, you need to call the police. Well, I'm afraid if I get off the phone with you, you know, it, it then then because the phone just started working and it might stop again. And he's like, well, you know, you should still call the police. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. He's just telling her not to worry. And then finally, he's like, well, maybe I'll call the police. And I'm like, yeah, you dumbass. Why don't you just call the police? <laughs> like, you don't have to make this difficult. And then maybe you should get your ass in a car and drive down here. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, he's supposedly on his way. But you can also tell that the two halves of this conversation were filmed totally separately. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really sound like they're talking to each other it sounds like they're saying their lines into a dead phone you yeah, know what i mean for sure <clears throat> um and so then the phone cuts out again the alien chases her around she just she pulls like one of the vacuum hoses which is what it looks <laughs> like like out of the mask and it freaks out for a second and she runs and hides in harry potter's bedroom under the stairs, <laughs> under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then apparently, like the aliens, like oh, I guess she's gone. So it goes rummaging through her house, like it's in a garage sale. Like, <laughs> what is it looking for? <laughs> like, it's like looking at candles. Like, oh, yeah, uh, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> it uses like a little and, thing on its uh, chest to like send out some kind of ultrasonic signal, which bothers her ears, and then. Right. I don't know, but it's just funny because, like, that's it. I mean, you could summarize this in one sentence. Uh, alien yes. comes to house, chases her around, and then pulls her away. It well, gets her the end. That's exactly what I said to my partner. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can summarize it in one sentence. Aliens come, they chase her around, they get her the end. And I realized that wasn't <laughs> one sentence. But, but, I mean, that's, you, how, that's it. Well, you don't know what's happened to her. You don't know what they're getting her for. In fact... All you see is her dragged away, and as she's being dragged away, she yanks that sheet, she grabs that sheet, and it comes off of the painting, and da-da-da, the clown's face is there. Right. And at one, the at one point, it looked like it tried to put, like, a slug in her mouth or something. Oh. I, it, it actually, it looked like, like an a, octopus tentacle. Like a tentacle thing. I thought that was supposed to be, like, from his hands or something. I don't know. You're right. It was oh, I don't know. Hard to tell, because it all kind of went by so fast and was in close-up. Yeah. And, yeah, it was pretty weak, dude. And once again, just like the first one, no, there's no resolution here. And it's not even an interesting story. It's like aliens come and there she goes, which the babysitter turns off. Uh, and then uh, she gets, she's starting to feel a little more freaked out. And she thinks she sees something poking out from around the corner 
of the hallway, and we see a glimpse of it. It doesn't look quite natural. That was a good jump scare, I have to admit. It was. That, that made me jump a little bit. And she goes up to see the kids, and the kids are like, uh, you know, still sleeping in the beds and whatever. And uh, Well, they're, they're in one bed now because the girl got scared. Mm-hmm. But uh, another thing that happens right there when she checks on them, she's like, I saw you downstairs. And they're like, what are you talking about? We're sleeping. And she's like, oh, so I suppose that was somebody else's little foot that I saw scurrying around. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she says, well, go to sleep. And the boy says, well, we could go to sleep much easier if you'd stop checking on us every five minutes. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, we can hear you out there behind the door turning the handle and stuff. And I thought that was kind of creepy, too. It was. Like, there's somebody else in the house. Uh, yeah, to and, which the babysitter is like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Shuts the door, yeah. goes, goes downstairs and pops the tape in again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she deserved it. She deserved what she got. Uh, <laughs> well, and that, that's another thing, too. Like when she talked to her friend first. Okay, so she told the kids that their parents should be home around 1 a.m. And then she talks to her friend. I was thinking this girl was probably in her 30s. I don't know. It's hard to judge people's ages the older I get. But I was thinking she's in her 30s. But she talked to this her friend on the phone and she's like, do you want to meet me for a drink after this? And I'm like, meet you for a drink after (laughs) 1 a.m.? Like, (laughs) I will have been in bed for four hours. (laughs) We're too old. We're we're too old to relate to any of this. (laughs) I know. Uh, uh, But yeah, she goes down to watch the last one and, and I thought the last one was pretty scary the last one's solid and it's clear that this is the movie you know that this is this is his swan song this is the thing that's this is the this is this the short that did quite well apparently at a bunch of film festivals that the producer approached him about including an anthology and again it's also quite simple but it's just more your typical slasher thing with this evil clown character and what's really good about it i think it's just it's relentless brutality um it's like i said it's not funny at all and Mm -hmm. it has that sort of grind house feel and it's clear he was going for it too because he had added a lot of scratches and things to the film and had given the was you know it's probably shot on video this thing but uh had given it that i I think i read that it was filmed on eight millimeter does that that doesn't mean anything maybe, to me. Does maybe, it mean anything to you? Maybe 35 millimeter. Definitely not 8 millimeter. Maybe, maybe 35 millimeter or for sure, definitely not 8. But um, but yeah, maybe it was filmed on film, but then he did a lot more to it as well uh, to kind of wash out the colors a little bit and give it. And that was interesting because that one also set this apart from the other movies. It was instantly noticeable, you know, how different it was. Oh, yeah. And, and that's it fine. It was very green. I mean, yeah. that's fine because, again, these three things can show up on this videotape and who knows, you know, where they come from or what they are. And it also give, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fine. Each one can have their own well, character. And it, it made it feel gritty. It, it had a very like, um, drive in last house on the left. Ugh, uh, yeah. I spit on your grave kind of feel to it. It did. Uh, it's just this, this woman on Halloween, you know, driving down the street and in the dark uh, night and she's a little lost and her gas tank is low. So she pulls into the last chance gas station. And as she 
pulls out in. She's looking to get in for some reason. Was she going to the bathroom or is she just looking for no, help? No, I, 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 she honks her horn for the attendant. I guess she expects this to be full service or whatever, but nobody comes out. And then she gets out of her car and goes up to the door. But I feel like before she can even knock on the door, over on the side of the building, the attendant is kind of violently throwing Art the Clown out. Seriously, you think this is funny? You think you just piss all over the place and smear your shit on the walls? What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm giving you 10 seconds or I'm gonna call the cops. The clown very kind of scarily turns his head and stares at the girl for a while. Um, But then the attendant kind of, I don't know, doesn't chase him off, but insists that he leaves and shoes him away. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And the clown dutifully turns his back and, and walks away. He's got a big garbage bag full of something over his uh, shoulder. Right. And they're like, well, that was weird. And she just explains to him. Yeah. That she's lost. And, uh, she would appreciate some directions back to the road. You know, at this point, I was thinking, is this supposed to be period? You know, is this supposed to be like a 70s type thing? Although the car she was Maybe. driving seemed a little newer. But then later, yeah, she, she, she has, has a, a cell, cell phone. phone. So I guess this was maybe pre-GPS, but pre-smartphone. But yeah, that was probably it. So yeah, she's got a Motorola flip phone. He gasses up her car, and then he goes in for something, right? Well, they they hear a noise. That's it. Inside, she says, "You know what'll you do if he comes back?" And he's he's like, "Oh, I've got plenty of blunt objects I can beat him with, or whatever." But then they hear a noise inside, and he goes back in, and he says, "Hold," like he's in the middle of giving her directions. He's like, "Hold on a second, I'll be right back." Well, he doesn't come right back, so she goes in there. And she hears a noise behind a door, and it's a sawing noise. I mean, I don't know if she realizes that, but I did right (laughs) away. And she opens the door to find the clown dismembering this guy with a hacksaw. Oh, it's horrifying. Shocking. Yes. Uh, Absolutely shocking and gritty and horrifying. And the clown just looks up at her, doesn't miss a beat, keeps sawing away, and just gives her that sort of smile grin the only look he has really and of course she freaks out and, and runs away uh and I'm well think- and i think that that's another another reason that the clown's design is smart because he is entirely black and white including his clothes so then when you cover him in gore like the blood just mm. sticks out like it's cr- like it it's just so red and and shocking against the black and white and it's spooky as heck to look at (laughs) it's freaky and like you said about his design this is where you get a really good close-up shot on him and and uh his face is a little bony almost skull-like in some ways his cheekbones really pop out and he's got this this kind of hook nose that when he turns profile he's almost even scarier it's like oh my god you know when he turns Mm -hmm. and looks at her as she leaves uh, and she runs out to the car, and I thought for sure, oh, the car is not going to start, blah, blah, blah. But sure enough, the car starts, and she peels out of there. And she gets on the phone while she's driving, and she's crying. And she looks up at the road, and there's that clown there holding a sign that says circus and waving at her mm-hmm. as she goes by. And she's like, that's impossible. And I'm like, yeah, that's impossible. And I'm like, mm-hmm. finally, this is getting interesting, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
And yeah, she she almost hits a van, which causes her to swerve off the road and stop. And you, of course, it's like you know what's coming, right? Suddenly, yeah. the clown bangs on the wall on the window and tries to get in. Uh, and then she manages to take off from there. And at some point, the clown ends up in the car. Uh, it's just like a supernatural clown, right? We don't yeah, really yeah. know why he and how he can keep popping up in these places, but it doesn't make sense, but he can, which makes yeah. it even scarier. And he pulls a bag over her face. And once again, I mean, this is really interesting to me because he's not a clown with a machete, you know? He's a clown with this mm-hmm. garbage bag full of tricks, basically. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's very different. It's very different from Pennywise or even, you know, a lot of the other horror slasher people that we see. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was cool. And, you know, she kind of manages to fend him off and, and um, slams on the brakes and ends up hitting a tree, uh, which kind of knocks the clown out seemingly a little bit, although you know it's uh-huh. not going to work. I feel like at some point she runs ahead and there's another car in front of her. I don't remember when that happened. Yeah, she did. There, I think it was before he popped up in the back seat, but um, she sees another car with its hazard lights on the side of the road, and there's uh, it, it looks maybe like a woman like leaning forward and sleeping on her steering wheel but she opens the door and she pushes the woman back and she's been totally disfigured um and her hands like her cut face, off yeah her hands cut off and she's her face is mutilated like it just it's it's a nightmare i think she gets back in the car and that's when he tries to suffocate her but she slams on the brakes and he gets kind of knocked out or whatever and so she gets out and runs and she finds like a work shed or something mm. and she locks herself in there like she locks herself in the shed first it's it's like a, a double door or whatever and and she uses a metal rod to lock it or whatever the clown comes and tries to get in but can't get in and so then the movie makes it seem like some time has passed like she's in there and she's tired and she's almost falling asleep but we see the earth it's just a, a dirt floor we see it start to move. And the next time she looks up, she sees him coming up out of the ground. Like he's dug (laughs) in there. That's cool. It's scary. Uh, It's very scary. And he's got a chain with like all kinds of sharp stuff in it, like syringes and knives and things. And he whips her a few times and causes some damage. But I guess a scalpel falls off the chain and she grabs the scalpel and stabs him in the eyeball with it. And then she, when he's, you know, messing with his eye, she also grabs a knife and stabs him in the back. And that's when she then runs out and flags down this car with this guy in it. And this guy picks her up. Yeah. And as soon as she, as soon as she hops in the car, we see a shot of the clown just sitting right back up. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, we've got a total supernatural clown on our hands. There's no yeah. bones about it. And, but he's not using supernatural means to hurt people. He is sawing them up and he's got all these weapons that he uses and it's brutal. It's just brutal. And they're driving down the road and another car comes up beside them and guess who's driving it. <laughs> and this was the, the clown. This okay. Well, thank you for guessing, Craig. <laughs> you win the prize. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> oh, that's no fair. You can't win. <laughs> this was the phone a friend version. The thing that we left out, and I think it's important, is before this, 
Well, speaking of phone a friend, uh, she at some point called nine one. We heard her side of the nine one one conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. We forgot to mention that, and it's important. So I just wanted to throw that in there. But the clown, yes, comes up, and she's like, "It's him! It's him!" And the clown pulls up next to them and whips out a freaking gun <laughs> and shoots the driver in the head, like. Dang! Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty crazy. And um, apparently, he does this too in the Terrifier movie. And there was some talk. Apparently, people on the internet getting up in arms about how the director broke the slasher code, which I didn't know there was one. But apparently, the slasher code says the slashers can't use a gun, right? He's got to have a knife or a machete or something like that. And here, this clown whips out a gun. But he said, the director said, look, I'm trying to do something different. So screw you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I thought well, that was. And it is different. It is different. It's totally unexpected. Blast the guy in the forehead and he's dead. Uh, and uh, the car crashes into a tree, I guess, right? And yep. the clown comes out and comes at her. And she wakes up and she's like, it's a, just a close up of her eyes. And she looks over and she sees the clown, you know, kind of covered in blood and laughing and pointing at her. And then she realizes that she has been completely dismembered. She has no limbs. She's been cut. Her limbs have been cut off at the joints, like at the knees and the elbows. He has um, carved all these horrible derogatory profane things into her body. And again, this special effect, like you can totally tell it's a special effect. You can totally tell the actress is just sticking her face up through a hole in the table, but it's still pretty shocking to look at. It's, it is, it's gross and it's the end and that's it. Like, (laughs) okay. Wow. You know, there's nothing ironic about this. There's nothing funny about this that's what happens and so it fades out and uh, the, t- the babysitter turns off and i went to to watch the terrifier like the terrifier does end i'm s- the original terrifier the one that was the short that they pulled out uh-huh. and made this this is it shot for shot in the short itself yeah. online like uh, at the end it zooms in on her face and the credits roll that's that's it so yeah i looked at it too yeah so uh yeah so the babysitter turns it off then things get really interesting, I think. Uh, and this, to me, saved the movie. I mean, I thought, like I said, I thought that this, the third se- that the first two were just a lead-up to the third and not very skillful or really interesting lead-up. Just an excuse for us to watch the third. And then I thought the way that he incorporated the wraparound story in it was quite satisfying and also really scary. Mm-hmm. The phone rings. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. And the phone rings, and she picks up the phone, and on the other end of the phone is that girl's 911 call from the car. Uh-huh. How cool is that? And she's responding like, what? Like, I don't understand. Like, where did you? And just like in the, in the short, it's so smart. And that just, like, chilled me. She hangs up the phone, and she goes in, and then it's this whole deal where the tape comes back on again, On its own. On its own, and uh, suddenly it's a shot of, I guess, what's either the clown's lair or that um, hallway from the first short that we saw, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's like a creepy basement or boiler room or something. Yeah, with pipes and things coming up and down, and it gets a little bit of the whole um, uh, The Ring 
kind of vibe to it, right? Where the clown yeah. is back there and he's clearly looking at her and he pops out from behind a pipe and then he gets a little closer behind another pipe and then he gets a little closer and finally he's at the TV and he looks and and it's cool because it's a little mimish as well, right? He's like touching the inside of the TV like he's trapped inside and he's rubbing it and it's making a squeaking sound and all that. She's like, this clown's going to burst out of the TV. So well, she- and he's clearly looking right at her. Like, mm-hmm. I actually this was really scary yeah like uh you know he he's looking directly into camera and then he gets up to the screen and it really looks like he's just in there like it's a box and he's in there um and he looks up at her like looks her in the eye and then i don't remember if she pushes a button or if it just changes but the screen changes perspective so that it's like she is seeing herself being taped through the screen yeah it's yeah it's like if there were a camera in the screen she's seeing herself and the sofa behind her yeah and and the clown is there on the sofa right behind her yeah right behind her and she turns around and there's nothing there but every time she looks at the screen he's there and he's getting up and he's moving towards her oh dude oh, i thought it was so spooky dude that was really really scary it's spooky and the only thing that stops it is that she finally manages to eject the tape and it makes the whole screen and go sm- blank and she right and then she smashes it uh-huh um but then she hears screaming from upstairs and she rounds the corner and uh, of the stairs and i love what he did here too he takes it from being this clean crisp reality and fades it into the graininess of the 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 movies that she's been watching Mm -hmm. so it's like now she's a part of the movie or she is her own segment in this movie yeah it's brilliant Um, it really is good yeah. Yeah. And she looks up the stairs and there he is and covered in blood he's laughing. Just, just stepped out of the kid's room. He's covered in blood. And he even points in there and points at her and laughs. She kind of closes her eyes and looks down. And when she looks back up, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And she walks up and in and you're thinking, okay, what's, what's going on? She opens up the door to the kid's bedroom and pops in. And sure enough, there are the two kids heads right there on the bed amidst just gore everywhere. Yep. That's pretty much it. it, Like I feel it cuts back to her horrified face and then just like the rest of them, that's it. We don't really know what happens to her and the credits start to roll and then it gets real grainy and it cuts back to that same kind of scene that she had seen (laughs) with the clown looking at her and coming towards the screen. But it's like, now it's coming towards you. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That was a a really nice touch. Really nice touch. I mean, to, to me, once again, if I had, if I had sat down to watch this movie, I probably wouldn't have gotten past the first 10 minutes. And then certainly if I got past the first segment and said, oh, well, let's see how the second segment is. I definitely wouldn't have gone any further than the second segment. But if we were watching it for the pod, since we were watching it for the podcast, you know, I had to watch it all the way through. And I'm really glad I did because I feel like just the last third of the movie really redeems it. And you might as well just cut it to that. (laughs) I suppose. You know, I mean, honestly, I just didn't like the other two sequences. They felt kind of maddening to watch. And they felt really cheap, whereas the last third of the movie felt very polished and put together. 
And even though that last, you know, sequence in the anthology didn't really have a resolution. Well, it did. It did kind of have a resolution, but it wasn't, like I said, kind of an ironic one or whatever. It's just like, yeah, this bad thing happened to her. Now now it sucks. Uh, The whole movie as a whole did have a really nice, satisfying ending to it. I thought. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, the and and critics agreed with you. You know, most of the critics said eh, it's well, not the, great. Yeah. Um, most of them they, didn't really they like liked it at all. A lot of them right, right. Most of them didn't like it at all. They they liked the character. Um the the clown character they thought that it was very scary. Um, but I think that they overall had kind of the same response uh that we did uh i read one of them said you know this guy clearly loves the genre and the spirit of halloween and that comes through loud and clear it may not be a good movie but um obviously there's some passion and and they said if uh, i don't know if it was the same critic it was probably a different critic said if as much passion had gone into the story as had gone into the imagery and the the creation of this one really scary monster, then it would have been much better. And I agree. But this is this guy's directorial debut. Yeah. Um, I think there's some promise here. I have seen Terrifier. I don't remember much about it except for that it's brutally violent. I mean, just brutally, brutally violent. Um, I don't remember disliking it, so it must have been all right. Um, oh. And uh, I'll I'll watch uh, the new one when it comes out. I, I think that this guy has an interesting voice and an interesting style. He may not be there yet, but uh, I think he shows some promise. Well, I think um, since you've seen Terrifier, you might be interested in this quote that I read. Uh, I, I saw online that Terrifier 2, um, they... They started shooting it in April, even though they hadn't gotten all their funding. And I think within a month or two, they had gotten all their funding. But they still um, went to Indiegogo to fund a particular scene they wanted to include. Do you know Uh about this? Uh Like, apparently he had this idea. He has this idea for what he called this, like, insane um, special effects sort of like... shocking and epic kill sequence in terrifier too, like a merciless no hills holds barred thing that would involve like mass mass quantities of people dying and things exploding and stuff that he wanted to put in the movie and thought it would be a climax of the movie but they ran out of money to do that part so he went to indiegogo to raise a grand total of fifty thousand dollars which doesn't sound like a lot of money to me right <laughs> you know to shoot this one epic scene like you really you're only that short but uh, they ended up raising like four hundred grand, and so wow, yeah. And they promised people who <clears throat> contributed this that they could be in the movie, they could be killed by him. Um, I, from what I can see from the comments on the Indiegogo site, they haven't even started shooting it yet. But they're thinking as early as February, they might get that scene down and have to fly all those people in to do that. Pretty insane. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I read this. This um, apparently he appeared on another podcast and he said, uh, "Terrifier, the first one, establishes art. Now that we've established as what art is about, basically we can start fleshing out the world around him and how he affects the world around him and that, how that affects him as well." 
<laughs> like really? <laughs> I think a I'm, little deep there. Uh, I think I've kind of figured out already how art affects the world around him. Yeah. <laughs> He's a scary clown. I got it. So, so it'll be you interesting know, the, to see what they have in store for the second one if they have these grand ambitions for it. You know? Yeah, it will be. It, you know, the when I was watching this yesterday, the last thing I wanted to say about it is I think that this would make a really good date night movie. Um, <laughs> especially, especially if like your girl or your guy or whoever, um, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's kind of that stereotype that you see where, you know, the, the girl has to kind of jump into the guy's arms because she's scared. Mm. I think there's enough, you know, scary stuff and gory stuff and shocking stuff going on here, um, that it would be a good excuse to get some cuddling going. <laughs> mm, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> if you haven't, I don't know if you haven't completely driven him or her away by the subject matter, by the right, the movie, right, right. You are a freak and I never want to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that just crossed my mind as I was watching it. I don't know. I, uh, I have to say, you know despite its weaknesses i enjoyed it overall do with that as you will listeners if you haven't seen it and you like horror and you're as big a fan as we are i say watch it yeah it's only an hour and i think it says it's like an hour and 23 minutes but the five minutes are credits at the end and oh the credits go by so slowly (laughs) yeah so it's really only about an hour and 15 minutes you're not wasting too much of your time you could do much worse on halloween for sure definitely definitely well happy halloween everybody and thank you for joining us for another season of thrills and chills this october Um, we are so happy that you could join us and if you enjoyed our podcast please send it to a friend we love getting new listeners and we love hearing from you on our website our website is twoguys.red40net.com we also have a facebook page that's uh, fairly active with our listeners leaving us requests and such you can go there and do that as well we are going to be getting a few more requests in in the next few weeks Uh, you can just search for two guys in a chainsaw and find us there on facebook and thank you to those of you who uh, recommended Halloween movies for us. If we didn't get to your recommendations, we may have to wait until next year, or we may just do Halloween movies out of season. We're right. not above. Well, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> and, and also, it's not too late to get your Thanksgiving and Christmas horror film requests yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The earlier, the better. Send those our way. Uh, until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Ah.